0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Innocence Redeemed Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Bergman, and the title of today's episode is, Will You Stand Strong for Jesus in Persecution? It's a question we all need to be presenting to ourselves going forward. In this episode, I'm going to go over a few examples of how the right to speak the truth is being eroded, and I'm going to demonstrate that while it may start out as sounding reasonable, that's not always the case, and there's a greater purpose behind all that you see. I'm going to cover some mainstream items before getting into the main course on where all of this is going, so please patiently bear with me here as I set the stage for the topic of standing strong for the Lord and His Word. Now, if you've been paying attention lately to events going on in the regular news media, you've no doubt heard that there's all this squabbling going on about Spotify and all these old washed-out singers crying foul over a recent interview that Joe Rogan did with Dr. Robert Malone on his podcast, where Dr. Malone, who created the mRNA vaccine, is talking about injury. And all of this started with Neil Young, who ironically used to be all about free speech, but now he's crying a river and pouting over a Joe Rogan interview. And I don't know why, I mean, after all, he should know about the needle and the damage done. But tongue-in-cheek, ironic joking aside, this has a greater purpose to set out greater precedence. is from Deep State CNN Business, written by Rameshah Ramuf, who, if I pronounce that right, and who we'll just refer to as Rama Noodles, since that's pretty much what CNN's news is worth. Spotify responded to criticism it has received regarding COVID-19 content Sunday after a number of prominent artists said they will leave the platform if it continues to host comedian Joe Rogan, whose podcast has spread misleading and inaccurate claims about vaccines and the virus. And they already have that part wrong because he's not just a comedian. He did that in a past job. That's not what he does on the podcast. So I'm just setting that straight. I don't listen to Joe Rogan, but that's a lie. So it just goes to show you in the first paragraph, the media lies. Going on. Spotify said it is adding a content advisory to any podcast episode that includes discussion about COVID-19. The advisory will direct listeners to a COVID-19 hub that will include links to trusted sources, the company said. (laughs) Trusted sources. Spotify will also, for the first time, publicly post its long-standing platform rules, which were originally developed by its internal team. Quote, these are rules of the road to guide all of our creators, from those we work with exclusively to those who work and share across multiple platforms, according to CEO and co-founder Daniel Eck, which he said in a statement. That includes my podcast and anybody else who does ministry or any other type of podcast. The growing list of musicians and personalities calling out Spotify follows Neil Young and then Joni Mitchell, asking for their music to be removed from the platform. Spotify exclusively hosts the popular podcast The Joe Rogan Experience, on which COVID-19 vaccine misinformation has been spread. It's become clear to me that we have an obligation to do more to provide balance and access to widely accepted information from the medical and scientific communities guiding us through this unprecedented time, X said. By the way, Daniel Eck is, he's right in with Facebook and all the others. Nils Lofgren, who was part of Bruce Springsteed's E Street Band and Crazy Horse, also announced he is taking his music off Spotify and encouraged all musicians, artists, and music lovers to cut ties with the platform to support healthcare professionals. Quote, when these heroic men and women who've spent their lives healing and saving ours cry out for our help, you don't turn your back on them for money and power, Lofgren and his wife, Amy, said in a statement. You listen and stand with them. Are you standing with those who are in the military who have been forced to take a dishonorable discharge for not taking it? Or what about those in the medical industry who have lost their jobs because they wouldn't take this experimental jab, which has killed and maimed millions? <laughs> wow. I mean, the, the amount of deceit. The hypocrisy is astounding. Going on. A spokesperson for Archwell the foundation run by Britain's Prince Harry and Meghan Duchess of Sussex, said the couple have expressed concern to Spotify over COVID-19 misinformation. Quote, We look to Spotify to meet this moment and are committed to continuing our work together as it does, the spokesperson added. The statement did not specifically mention Rogan's show. And I'm going to pause there for another second. Anytime the royals are involved, that should immediately raise an eyebrow that there is a bigger agenda behind this. I mean, what they think is irrelevant to most anyway, but when you see who is behind them, that should raise a red flag. But, going on. And Brene Brown, who is behind Unlocking Us and Dare to Lead, tweeted Saturday that she will not be releasing any podcast until further notice. Subheadline, is banning spreaders of misinformation effective? On Sundays, reliable sources? CNN's chief media correspondent Brian St- Stetler oh yeah, he's reliable, asked if there should be a more realistic way to approach this whack-a-mole of bans. Culture writer Kat Rosenfield compared Rogan to a quote, weed that sprang up outside the mainstream media. Unquote. Well, yeah, the mainstream media has demonstrated they can't be trusted. But going on, even if the host is deplatformed, she said his fans will still listen to him, and there wouldn't be a dent in the spread of his messaging. And those fans still wouldn't trust mainstream news sources. Well, yeah, because you're proven to be a sack of liars. The Joe Rogan Experience is currently the most popular podcast in the United States and the United Kingdom on Spotify. People are fundamentally angry about not being able to stop his audience from wanting news that is bad for them, Rosenfield said. She added that the fundamental question is whether Rogan's listeners will seek more trustworthy information if the host were to be kicked off Spotify. Ah, so that goes to show you the agenda they want to push is to control the information. Stay with me, folks, because this gets a lot deeper than this. X said in the statement, there are plenty of individuals and views he strongly disagrees with on the platform. It is important to me that we don't take on the position of being a content censor while also making sure that there are rules in place and consequences for those who violate them, X said. That article read, you can see what the stage is being set for with this. And I'm going to go over some more examples in a little bit, but there's a reason this is happening, and it goes much further than most realize. CBS News is now getting on the bandwagon, and they're trying to define what free speech is and what it should be and what it isn't, and what should be allowed and what shouldn't be allowed. They're propagating opinion, and this is what the media does, and then they wonder why they're mistrusted. They're out there telling you what you should think. They're telling you you shouldn't think for yourself. And, you know, this clip is interesting because I came across it while I just happened to be preparing for this podcast, and I felt it was timely to include. And so I'm going to play it, and I'll interject my points throughout. Let's take a listen. So let me just share with our viewers some of the actual numbers. The CDC says unvaccinated adults are 68 more
1: times at risk of dying than fully vaccinated and boosted adults. That's a lie. Check these out. Hospitalization rates for the unvaccinated. That number shoots up as high as 90 people for every 100,000.
0: Another lie. Mm. So those are the numbers. Another lie. They're all terrorists. Mm, Another lie. Mm, Tell them more. Tell them more lies. Yes, yes. Let's hear it.
2: So Those are the facts. Those are the
0: facts according to who? According to you? According to the CDC? According to CBS? They've been caught changing it over and over and over again. Changing the definition of who's fully vaccinated. If you even want to call them vaccines, these are gene therapy shots. They don't even tell you what... Anybody who's been following me, you guys know how I feel about this. This kind of stuff just irritates the living daylights out of me. Because I can't stand how much lying they get away with. And they turn it around and they accuse others of doing exactly what they're doing. Let's continue with this ridiculous clip.
1: And and I just want to point out that when I had a conversation with Nils yesterday, he and I asked him and said, you know, some are saying that you're trying to censor Joe Rogan. He's very clear. He believes in the First Amendment. He believes that Joe Rogan and anybody else has a First Amendment right to say whatever they want. He says he doesn't want his music his artistry associated with the platform that would allow to. Mis- Does he say other artists okay. will follow suit? He's talking,
0: he's talking to a lot of artists. We don't have any names yet, but we'll see. I mean, th- these musicians are not going to win this battle. Uh, right. You have a First Amendment right to say what you want. You don't have a First Amendment right to appear on a platform as large as Spotify. That's the issue. Oh, you have a right to appear on the platform, all right, as long as you say what they tell you to say and you go along with the mainstream narrative. You see, everything talked about right here just in this tiny little clip i'm playing is all part of the talking points well you should have free speech yes you're free to talk about what we tell you is okay to talk about but if you don't talk about what we tell you to talk about then you're violating free speech and you don't have that right
2: tell me lies tell me sweet little lies
0: Whoops, sorry about that. My hand slipped and went a little slower than I thought it should. But this is about music, right? (sighs) I mean, this is the kind of upside down stuff I'm talking about, but moving on. You'll hear more about that in a second. Joe Rogan is correct that the medical world gets stuff wrong, but there's a process by which the medical world corrects itself. And that process is not interviewing guys on the fringe of the medical world on your massive platform. That's called irresponsible. It's not censorship. Right. Editors are not censors. They're ensuring quality. Mm, See, now, normally that wouldn't be a problem. But the fact is, Dr. Malone, who Rogan had on his show, is the inventor of the mRNA vaccine. And he took it. So, he's on Rogan's podcast, which I'm not a fan of Rogan, but I listened to that interview just to see what all the hype was about. And he's on there laying out all the effects he had after he took it. So, What is wrong with giving people a voice to discern what they should do? Why should they just blindly believe what the mainstream media tells them? Well, it's obvious they don't want you having an opinion. You know, part of the beast system is removing individual thought, but you know, let's carry on with the clip.
2: The other problem too, is people say, well, just turn it off. You don't have to listen to it. The thing is a lot of people do listen to it and they're getting false, incorrect information. And that's why it seems so dangerous.
0: information? Can't have those slaves thinking for themselves now, can we? I've got one that can see. I mean, how ridiculous does it have to be? What false information? You mean the truth that people are dying, that you're covering up that you're, an organization you work for, that you actively covered up, and you staged testing in New York and you were caught by Project Veritas? Miss Gail King, Has a lot of explaining to do that she's never come clean on. And she knows who she works for. And she knows she's got blood on her hands for lying to the public. And, you know, these people who continually do this know exactly what they're part of. There is no way that you can continue on and do not know what you're part of. And I'm sorry, guys. You know, it's not really a laughing matter. You know, I I messed around with the song just a bit ago, but they are really lying. And they think that you can't think for yourselves. And this is what they want to do. They want to disseminate the information so you don't have a right to choose or form an opinion or think about it or even look into what's going on. Moving on. It matters huge reach. He has yes. a huge reach. He, he just, just should be having a conversation. That's what Joe Rogan will say. Yeah, but it's, a, like, a it's a life or death issue. That's why it's yes. in a special category. It's not an opinion so about space or something. Well, we have some facts coming up. Dr. David Agus we will join us thoughts. to answer your questions about COVID. We'll be right back. Yes, it has been a life or death situation, hasn't it? And everything that I've told you guys that they would do, they're doing. They gave everybody the jab, turned around, and then are blaming it on the unvaccinated. And that's exactly what I told you they would end up doing. Oh, but wait, they're only going to have doctors on that'll tell you their side of the truth. They won't have doctors on that will say, well, you know, if you have a pre existing condition, you might want to reconsider. They won't show you the empty insert for the jab. They won't show you all the videos that you can see up on Brideon.com of people having adverse effects. They won't show you the videos of the athletes collapsing. But they're a news organization, and you can trust them. Oh, by golly, you better trust them. And for the record, guys, just to demonstrate what they're afraid of you hearing, I'm going to play a brief segment of that Joe Rogan show, because I happen to have archived it um, when I heard it because I'm like, oh, they're going to pull this down. And amazingly, it is still up there. But should this information be restricted? Why can't somebody else look into it for themselves to determine what is best for them? What happened to the free thought? What happened to my body, my choice? You know, this has all been hammered for the last few years, all this political correctness stuff. But, you know, for the sake of comparing the truth and comparing what They don't want you to hear. I feel it's important that I play this. And so let's take a listen to what CBS and what they were saying is so dangerous and what they're going to label as misinformation.
1: But uh, Uttar Pradesh is still flatlined in terms of deaths. So they were visited by someone in the Biden
2: administration? No, there's
1: a meeting between Joe Biden and and, um, Modi. And you believe that out
2: of that meeting they decided –
1: I don't know what they said. I didn't wasn't invited. All I right. know is that immediately afterwards there was a decision not to disclose the contents of what was being deployed in Uttar Pradesh.
2: It's so crazy to imagine that in the middle of a pandemic there's one place, uh, one area of India that's extremely successful in combating the virus and they're not going to say how they did it.
1: I mean that's that's nuts. That's I you know so that's that's where I kind of my stance in all of this. Is to say, here are the facts. Here are the verifiable data. Draw your own conclusion. Okay.
2: Now, February of 2020, you catch it. What did you take? Famotidine. From Famotidine From and anything else? No, there's nothing else available. So this was so early on in the pandemic. How did they? Did, did you wind up being hospitalized? Nope. No.
1: I did have. I did develop long COVID. And people always, I always get the, why did you take the vaccine? Well, I took it fairly early on. I took Moderna because that's what the National Guard was deploying in my very rural county in uh, basically central northern Virginia. Isn't there some evidence that the vaccine actually helps people with long COVID? That was the, um, that was the rumor at the time. That was then. That was, I took it for two reasons. I had long COVID. It was supposed to help with that. And I knew I was going to have to travel internationally to France um, and Portugal in the near future. Now, is there any
2: evidence that the vaccine helps against long COVID? Or is yeah.
1: there, <clears throat> anecdotally, is there anything? Uh, anecdotally, there was, and I have not seen a peer-reviewed, solid publication or or um, preprint that supports that now. But that was the active rumor at the time, and since then, what we do know for sure, well-documented. If you've got prior COVID and natural immunity, you, you have a higher risk of adverse events from the jab. Now, the other part of my story that often gets overlooked, so I took two doses of Moderna. With the second dose, I developed stage 3 hypertension with systolic blood pressure of up to 230. Okay, I'm lucky to be alive you know what it means is i've had a stress test of my aorta and my cerebral vascular system and i didn't have a stroke and i didn't tear my aorta all to shreds but it's a good thing i had i had irregularities of heartbeat incredible hypertension pot syndrome narcolepsy restless leg syndrome these are all known side effects that are associated with the vaccine they're relatively less frequent than the myocarditis in the children, in male children in particular. But they're all known on the list of adverse events and it's very clear that people that have natural immunity have a much higher risk factor um, for this whole spectrum of adverse events But even if they get jabbed.
2: Even though that's known, there's so many people out there telling people who've just recovered from COVID
1: to get vaccinated. It is. Um, there is a number of things here that um, are not supported by the science, I'll say gently. Um, to be less gent, since, gentle, since we're on the Joe Rogan show, I can speak freely. This is just wrong. It's not consistent with the data. Well, it's, it
2: doesn't make sense either. What we know about natural immunity is that natural immunity, at least according to that study in Israel, which is like, what, 2.5 million people, I think, They said that it's between six and 13 times more effective than the vaccine.
1: That is six or 13 times more effective in hospitalized, preventing hospitalized COVID. It's more like 20 or twenty-seven. fold. Yeah, 27 fold better at protecting against developing the disease. Remember, infection does not equal disease. Um, And that's only one of over 140 studies. That document that natural immunity is superior to the vaccine induced immunity. And oh, by the way, as a vaccinologist and an immunologist, I wouldn't expect anything different. But the CDC recently disputed this. Didn't I, they? This, it was a fascinating uh, play. So the CDC, uh, for most of us that are at all objective in the science world, look at what's going on at the CDC aghast. I mean, the CDC has just um, compromised it. What they did with that was a very small study with intrinsic bias all over the place. Much much smaller than the uh, Israeli study that you're citing. Much less rigorous, less statistical power, and they pushed that out as as their um, justification for their position concerning uh, natural immunity. But who funded that? Who funded that study? CDC, it would be the federal government. So they funded this study. They did it
2: themselves. It's a CDC study. And do you you believe they did it with the intent of coming to the
1: conclusion? You're asking me to apply intent, and I've had too much time with lawyers, (laughs) and I'm not going to do it. Good for you. (laughs) So either way, um,
2: there's many, many, many studies that point to the fact that natural immunity is superior. Absolutely. Having recovered from COVID. Like over 140. And also multiple studies that show that people who have had COVID, who get vaccinated after the fact, have a higher risk. I think it's between two and fourfold, right?
1: You're on top of the data.
2: Two and fourfold risk of adverse side effects. Increased risk. Yeah, increased risk. So for you, uh, you did not know this when you got vaccinated. What was your thoughts? I mean, since this was uh, a technology that you were a pivotal part of the creation of. And so you're getting this vaccine, you probably were thinking, look at this, all my hard work come to fruition, it's going to protect me from the virus.
0: (laughs) I actually said to the nurse when I took the first jab. All right, I'm not going to play the whole thing, but guys, you know, you get the picture. I mean, if you want to hear the whole thing, it's up on Spotify. I'm not going to devote my whole podcast to it, and I'm not devoting this podcast to the vaccine. The purpose of making this is to show you how you can contrast what the media says versus what they said in the actual show. And draw your own conclusion. And that's what they don't want you to do. The time to use discernment has come. And people need to be critically thinking. And that's why all the censorship is starting. And it always sounds reasonable. Oh, well, they could be spreading medical disinformation, so we need to ban them. Well, it won't stop there. Because it never does. Anything that's always started as something good always gets turned. For something, for more control, and the whole reason is to, drumroll, keep you safe. No free thought. We're going to muzzle you. We're going to keep you in your house. We don't want you talking to people who are dangerous. We don't want you listening to information. Everyone's a threat. When are people going to start realizing that this is more than just about a virus? And a so-called vaccine. It is a satanic agenda. I mean, call it a conspiracy all you want. Next, they'll be saying the Bible is harmful. And YouTube's already doing that. You know, I played that clip from CBS because it just happened to come up as I was getting this podcast ready due to all this other banter going back and forth about Spotify. And I have to honestly wonder if this was deliberate to set a precedent. I mean, the more I look at it, it seems this way. And it won't just end there. Since all of this, Spotify has now come out with a statement saying they will flag all content having to do with vaccines as potentially harmful or misleading. Folks, this goes much, much deeper than what's on the surface and what you're seeing. You can surely bet that this won't just stop with Spotify. Once one platform goes to change terms and conditions, they always say it starts with a flag or a warning, and then it'll just go out to all-out restriction. And it won't just stop with the interviews concerning vaccine side effects, though that's a big enough one on its own. No, this is going to spread to other platforms, and it's going to be used to quell speech of any kind, that the powers that be deem to be harmful, under any clause they put into place, or are told to put into place. I mean. It's going to go down the road of persecuting Christians. In fact, it already is. Why? Because it's the plan. According to a graphic illustrated by the World Economic Forum, the media plays a crucial role in getting the public to go along with a beast agenda. It's all part of the Great Reset, folks. And this isn't just the regular media, but the social media. You know, a few years back, some of you might recall that Facebook, which, by the way, for the record... Uh, going forward in this podcast we're going to refer to as Fascist Book, started banning Bible verses. It was said that when users were linking to verses from Biblehub.com, that they were getting a warning saying that the verses violated Fascist Book's policies about harmful content or unreliable content. No, that was a test run. You know, it always begins with the testing before it's catapulted into the defining of what is considered hate speech or harmful content. YouTube started that method as well. And now they just remove any content at will. Sometimes within hours of it going up. And I did a video telling you guys about that. I said that I had put two other videos up and they didn't even help prove them. Even though in those videos, I didn't put anything bad in them. This podcast, this would maybe have a reason to be removed as far as their guidelines are concerned. But this podcast isn't going to go up on YouTube. And this is why... I'm moving over to Brideon, and this is why Glinda's moving over to Brideon, because of what I'm about to read to you. Now, this article that I'm about to read was written by Anton Carrillo of Christianity Daily, and like all the other articles I reference, it will be linked up on my blog with this podcast. The title of this article is YouTube Now Considering Bible and Biblical Sermons as Hate Speech. Big tech company YouTube is now attacking Christian content and tagging it as hate speech, with its recent censoring of Grace Community Church pastor John MacArthur's sermon. WorldNet Daily reported that YouTube removed MacArthur's sermon last Sunday because it allegedly contained hate speech, quote-unquote, for citing the Bible and for stating scientific fact, particularly about the male and female body. Quote, Our team has reviewed your content, and, unfortunately, we think it violates our hate speech policy. We've removed the following content from YouTube. There is no such thing as transgender. You are either XX or XY. That's it, YouTube told MacArthur. Conservative commentator Todd Starnes elaborated that the sermon delved on biblical sexuality meant to create nationwide attention on Canada's new legislation that is expected to silence pastors on LGBT issues. The said legislation penalizes pastors up to five years' imprisonment when found preaching against the LGBT agenda. Starnes said YouTube's actions only affirmed the Canadian law by banning any opposition to transgenderism on their platform. MacArthur, a renowned author whose sermons are heard in hundreds of national radio stations, then encouraged other pastors to use their pulpits to preach the Bible's teachings on sexuality, mainly those that touch on LGBT issues. In the censored video, MacArthur raised the reality of two genders, created by God and embedded in the very genes of man. He pointed that going against this reality is not only going against one's true self, but also fighting God himself. Quote, There is no such thing as transgender. You are either XX or XY. That's it. God made man, male, and female. That is determined genetically. That is physiology. That is science. That is reality. This notion that you are something other than your biology is a cultural construct intended as an assault on God, MacArthur said. Amen. The only way you can address it, honestly, is to say God made you, and God made you exactly the way he wanted you to be. You are not only fighting God in his physical creation, you are fighting God in his sovereignty. You are fighting God in his spiritual relationship to you. This is a war on God, he revealed. And it's true, it is. MacArthur underscored the lie of believing there is more than two genders and the need to address it and its damaging effects to be a person and to society. Though he clarified that those who suffer such a confusion are to be, quote, met with love and affirmation to be all God created them to be. On the one hand, the reality of that lie and deception is so damaging, so destructive, so isolating, so corrupting that it needs to be confronted. But on the other hand, that confrontation can't exaggerate what already exists. Which is a sense of feeling isolated in relationship, MacArthur emphasized. In April, Christianity Daily reported that big tech giants, including YouTube, are creating a quote-unquote new religion that is mandated by the monopoly of its content according to its set of policies. Focus on the family head, Jim Daly, and San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Cordelone wrote an article, Social Media's Threat to Religious Freedom, in the Wall Street Journal that highlighted the First Amendment being violated by social media giants in its moderation of content. Quote, we sense that the First Amendment guarantee of religious liberty is being dismantled, and with it, the profound contributions that religion makes to American unity and self government, Daly and Cordelone said. And now, folks, you can understand the purpose of utilizing the following podcasts, such as this, over on alternate platforms such as Brideon. Socialist Tube can assume all they want that they can cancel the word. But I tell you the truth on the Lord's word, that while heaven and earth will disappear, the Lord's words will never disappear. His judgments are going to come, whether they attempt to cancel these words or not. And actions like this will only add more fuel to the unquenchable fire that God has prepared for those living in wickedness. For his word says they will be worse off than Sodom and Gomorrah on that day. And those are my words. I just, I finished reading the article a moment ago. And you know, it's interesting because if you look at the situation where many of us who are on communist tube... And are being canceled, have to take the word elsewhere to get it out there. And the Lord's warning out there for the sheep. And we have no choice but to remove our blessing, shake the dust from our boots, and walk away. You know, when Jesus sent out his 12 apostles, do you think he told them to enter a home or a town so that they could just be canceled and capitulate to what was being said and that was it? Of course not. You know, to quote his instructions, Jesus said, starting in Matthew 10, verse 11, Now, whatever city or town you enter, inquire. Who in it is worthy and stay there until you go out. And when you go into a household, greet it. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whoever will not receive you nor hear your words when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. You know, when you hear of news items such as this, it should be thoroughly understood that this is the spirit of the Antichrist running all of these rules. And there are quite a few verses that warn us about the times we live in. You know, let's start with 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. Dear children, the last hour is here. You have heard that the Antichrist is coming, and already many such Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that the last hour has come. And then moving on to verse 22, still in 1 John chapter 2. And who is a liar? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ, anyone who denies the Father and the Son is an antichrist. If the word is being canceled, whether it be an evil tube or fascist book, they effectively are canceling the Father and the Son, and thus, that right there ought to show you that they are of the antichrist. And as such, as believers, we need to stop feeding the beast. Remember, I recently spoke of being complacent and that we should not be compromising with evil. This whole thing is just another example of that. And on a note of complacency, this news on YouTube, I mean EvilTube, should cause every Christian to be outraged. I'm outraged, why aren't you guys outraged? Where is the where is the, you know, where is the commentary on that? You know, where is the righteous indignation? Where is it, guys? Cuz I don't see it. Why are people sitting around like bumps on a log? And why is it When I do a video telling people to come over to Brideon, to join JPH on Brideon, to join Innocence Redeemed on Brideon, what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for the information to get pulled down? Hardly anyone is talking about any of this. Maybe they want to go along watching the cat play in the tree. I mean, I don't know. These platforms, guys, they're canceling God's word and denying the word's truth. And Jesus said, quoting Matthew 1230, anyone who isn't with me opposes me. And anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. So, in other words, if a company, and likewise the person who owns that company, is canceling God's truth in favor of not offending, they are against God because otherwise they wouldn't be doing it to begin with. And that should indicate, just like I was speaking of a moment ago, that they are of the Antichrist spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, You know, this doesn't just stop with social media or a popular video streaming platform. No, as a matter of fact, a preview of declaring the Bible to be hate speech is also taking place in secular laws. You'll remember I read from Matthew 10, verses 11 through 15 a moment ago. But now let's continue on in verses 16 through 20 before I get into yet another example of the coming persecution as this clearly lays it out. Starting on verse 16, behold... I send you out as sheeps in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speak but the spirit of your father who speaks in you. Now, I mentioned earlier that Christian persecution is already starting when it comes to what's happening even in the secular world. And there is a case that originated um, initially in early December over in Finland, but due to all the military activity that's taking place and the rumors of war, um, this actually got buried by the wayside. But I feel it's important to mention here because you guys need to know that this is going on if you haven't heard of it. This article is by Joy Pullman of The Federalist, and the headline is The Finnish Government Puts Christianity on Trial Calls the Bible Hate Speech. Two Christian leaders in Finland stood trial in Helsinki on January 24th for publicly stating the Bible's teachings on sex and marriage. Longtime member of parliament, Pavai Rasanen, if I'm pronouncing that right, and Lutheran bishop. Joanna Pojola, defended in court their decision to write and publish, respectively, a pamphlet explaining Christian teachings about sex and marriage. And, you know, before I continue, guys, yeah, forgive me if I'm pronouncing their names incorrectly. I'm not good when it comes to foreign names, especially those of a uh, Finnish nature. In the trial's opening arguments, which will resume on February the 14th, Finnish prosecutors described quotations from the Bible as hate speech. Finland's top prosecutor's office essentially put the Bible on trial, an unprecedented move for a secular court, said Paul Coleman, a human rights lawyer with Alliance Defending Freedom International, who was assisting in the Finns' legal defense and was present during Monday's trial. The prosecutor began the day by trying to explain that this case was not about beliefs and the Bible. She then, and I'm not kidding, she then proceeded to quote Old Testament verses, Coleman said in a phone interview with The Federalist after the trial concluded for the day. Trial attorneys, Finnish trial attorneys, who have been in and out of court every day for years, said they didn't think the Bible had ever been read out like that in a prosecution. Never before has a Finnish court had to decide whether quoting the Bible is a crime. Human rights observers considered this case an important marker for whether Western governments' persecution of citizens for their speech and belief increases. Coleman said, It was very surreal. To watch Rasanin, a medical doctor and pastor's wife, and Pojola, whom the Federalists interviewed in person in November, be girled by secular prosecutors about details of Christian theology in a secular court. The two Christians had the opportunity to essentially preach the gospel of Jesus Christ in court. And just to interject on that very point, that is what verse 18 means from Matthew 10. When it says, You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake, as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But moving on in this article. The majority of the day was about the role of the Bible in society, said Coleman, an Englishman who listened with the aid of translators. The prosecutor on more than one occasion questioned whether we in Finland follow Finnish law or the Bible, as if these things are so inherently contradictory that you have to choose one. The long day in court concluded. With the prosecutor cross-examining Pojola about his theology, Coleman said, asking his interpretation of the Bible. The prosecutor even asked the bishop, apparently without awareness, of the historical import of this question. Does he follow God's law or does he follow Finnish law, Coleman noted with astonishment. Quote, I would characterize the day as a modern-day inquisition or heresy trial, Coleman concluded. And the heresy was that Pevy and Bishop, Joanna, or on trial against the new sexual orthodoxy of the day. Christianity is the state religion of Finland, but Finland's state church has repeatedly distanced itself from historic Christian teachings that are clearly stated in the Bible. Rossinen's criticism of Finland's state church sponsoring a pride parade by posting a tweet with a picture of Bible verses on it is one of the three charges being pressed against her. The one charge that applies to both Christians stems from a theological book Rossinen wrote in 2004, published by Hapahosia. Christians define marriage as the lifelong union of exclusively one man and one woman and consider only sex with those bounds as a moral good. The booklet stands on the Christian understanding of human being, Pahosja said in a statement according to an on-site Finnish reporter, Danielle Mittison. Sin affects every human being to the core, but the grace of God is also universal. He wants to forgive the sins of every human being. The booklet Rasinen wrote, called Male and Female God Created, also affirms Christian teachings about the preciousness of every single human life to God. Christians also believe in complete human equality in both the sinfulness of every human and God's forgiveness of every sin. Rassanen and Pajola have repeatedly publicly affirmed that they are not motivated by hate, but by love in stating the historic Orthodox Christian faith. The saving gospel of Jesus Christ has been given to us in the Bible, the cross of Christ shows the greatest love for both heterosexuals and homosexuals. And guys, just to interject here, because I know there are a lot out there who like to nitpick, homosexuality is a sin and that is stated in 1 Corinthians 6 as those who will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. But remember the Lord loves the sinner and wants them to repent and he can heal. And there are many testimonies of that happening, and that's what she meant by that statement about the cross showing the greatest love for all. But moving on in this article, US. lawmakers, churches worldwide and international human rights organizations criticized the trial as blatant religious persecution and restriction of the natural human right of free speech. Quote, "We are greatly concerned that the use of Finnish law is tantamount to a secular blasphemy law," wrote U.S. Senators Marco Rubio, Josh Hawley, James Langford, Jim Einhoff, and Mike Braun in a statement Quote, "It could open the door for prosecution." Of other devout Christians, Muslims, Jews, and adherents of other beliefs for publicly stating their religious beliefs. Unquote. U.S. House members said in a public letter that the Finnish government's prosecutions of these Christians for their religious beliefs raise serious questions regarding the extent of Finland's commitment to protect religious freedom for its citizens. The Finnish law being used to prosecute the two Christians has growing numbers of international counterparts, including in many U.S. states and cities. They are often called sexual orientation and gender identity laws. Such laws penalize the natural rights of free speech and religious exercise, which nearly all Western and democratic countries claim to guarantee to their citizens. Coleman also noted that these speech crime laws are also typically vague, which makes them ripe for prosecutorial abuse. Hate speech laws are so vaguely worded. They're so subjective. They are ripe for arbitrary enforcement, he said. They are set up for people to pick and choose. If you have enough speech to go on, and in this case, you have two decades from a public official. In this case, the police recommended not to prosecute, but they overrode that, so you can pick and choose and fine anything. If convicted, Rossinen and Pajola face fines or up to two years in prison. Because of the amount of material the prosecutor presented from combing over Rossinen's 20 years of public statements and media appearances, the trial went long on January 24th, and will have to conclude on February the 14th. Coleman told the Federalist. The court's decision will be released between two and four weeks after that. And separately, the prosecutor is demanding a community fine of at least 10,000 euros from the Finnish Luther Foundation. He therefore wants a fine for the religious community for their own teaching. You know, you'll note the sly words there, their own teaching. Does that sound familiar to what I presented at the beginning of this podcast? That's not their own teaching. They're relaying what the word of God says. Just like if you see people dying, you're going to tell people about it. You're not going to cover up the truth and sugarcoat it. They didn't make it up for a popularity contest to go to court. They're speaking truth in scripture. And see, these are little games they try to play to skirt around their wrongdoing. Everyone, no matter what they do or say, is going to know the truth as the word cannot be chained. I just said that earlier. And I'm going to get to some scripture here on that shortly. But you know, I have to say, God bless that woman for standing up for the truth in the word of God and using it in court as her defense, because that's exactly what Jesus was referring to when he said, for it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of the father. That was her opportunity to tell them about Jesus and state his truth in the word. But you know, guys, all this said, it simply is an illustration of the times. And it goes to show it can happen anywhere. And it is coming to other nations. The word has already been being butchered or canceled in many church organizations. And that is why I have told you several times that any church who is pretending things are okay or they are complacent and do not speak out about the spirit of the Antichrist or the lawlessness and sin should be a barometer in discerning whether or not to continue fellowshipping there. You know, that too is an example of shaking the dust from your boots and removing the blessing don't return. You know, find a ministry where the person leading it is willing to tell you the whole truth and nothing but the truth. You know, in a courtroom, don't you find it interesting they make someone put their hand on a Bible and take the oath to tell the truth and nothing but the truth? But then these goblins persecuting have the gall to try to twist it for what's unrighteous? You know, that's the epitome of calling good evil and vice versa. The woman in that article I just read to you obviously does not go along with the cookie-cutter teaching, and was not afraid to defend her position. You see, that's a prime example that the word cannot be chained, which Paul alluded to in Second Timothy chapter 2, where he said, starting on verse 8, Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. And that is the salvation for all. And because I preach this good news, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal. But the word of God cannot be chained, so I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. Anyone who speaks for Jesus, anyone who puts the truth out that comes from Jesus Christ is going to suffer persecution for telling the truth and speaking of the sins that the Lord detests. You know, the Lord sends his people to speak these truths so those who hear them have the opportunity to repent and turn to him. So they may be found worthy to be called His and not face the fiery judgments coming by rejecting His truth. And by the way, don't sit there thinking, well, Jesus is about love. He won't do that. Yes, He will do that. And if you don't know that, then you have been misled. Because it is written toward the end of Matthew chapter 10, specifically in verses 34 through 39. Jesus said, Don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be in your own household. And what verse 36 means by enemies in your own household is those who don't agree with you as to the truth. And you're seeing that now. And they're setting the stage for that and telling you what you can and cannot say. So you see everything I presented at the beginning, it goes in hand in hand with all of this because it's setting the stage for it. And so really, when you stop and think about it, It applies to all situations, not just those in your own household. This specifically means that you must continue to choose truth and stand bold in your faith because you are doing it as a representative of the Lord. And if you won't stand for righteousness now, if you won't take a stand for Jesus now, what will you do when it comes down to those who want to kill you? Or they have you try to deny your faith because they want you to take the mark. Are you going to bend to their will to appease? Remember that I recently said that everything now is training wheels, and same for the jab. Will you deny the truth to hang on to normalcy even though normal is not coming back, and that's evident? Or will you stand for the truth, even if the truth isn't popular? You know, going on to verse 37, and still in Matthew 10, quote, If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or, if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Remember, he is patient for everyone's sake and wants nobody to be destroyed, but to come to repentance and full knowledge in the truth of who he is, and he counts on his people to stand strong in their faith to lead others to them. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14 says, But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Thus, a person ministering the truth in Christ isn't looking for trouble or trying to condemn someone. What they're saying is, hey there, you know, we're on the precipice of judgment and you may want to consider your ways. You know, where judgment is concerned, that belongs to the Lord alone. But someone who ministers the truth should not be afraid of speaking boldly whether it is exhorting, ministry, preaching, or prophecy. And by the way, we are permitted as Christians to use discernment and speak to someone if they are living contrary to the righteousness that the Word speaks. The Word tells us to know them by their fruits. We can only tell the truth. It doesn't mean we're expected to change them. It's up to that person to see the error in their ways, and if they choose to rebel after hearing the truth, then that's on them. In Romans chapter 2, verses 7-8, through eight, lay that out clear as day. Quote, he will give eternal life to those who keep on doing good, seeking after the glory and honor and immortality that God offers. But he will pour out his anger and wrath on those who live for themselves, who refuse to obey the truth, and instead live lives of wickedness. I mean, we can quote Proverbs 11 verse 23. The godly can look forward to a reward, while the wicked can expect only judgment. So, I mean, each person chooses what they embrace truth in Jesus or the lies of the evil one. And if you're going to stand for the truth in Jesus, you better start standing up for the truth everywhere else, like I did at the beginning of this podcast, because you have to be able to discern what is right and what is wrong. As true Christians living in faith and truth, we should all be standing for what's righteous, because the Bible is a handbook for all of us, and we are commanded to patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage with good teaching, because we have been warned that this day would come where people would want to believe whatever their itching ears want to hear. And this is written in 2 Timothy 4, verses 1-5. Paul said, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom, preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. Folks, I have covered that many times. Going on in verse 4, they will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. So whether you have a ministry to give, whether you have a ministry to exhort, whether you are just a casual person who can help others, It doesn't matter. We all serve as members of the same body. And now I have some questions for everyone to reflect on where it comes to all the censorship and cowardly behavior. How many are willing to speak the truth and stand bold for Jesus in the lateness of this hour? How many quote Ephesians 6, putting on the whole armor of God, but then capitulate out of fear, rather than praying for strength and to stand boldly for the Lord? You know, when we take a look at Ephesians 6 and specifically focus on verses 19 through 20, Paul says in verse 19, And pray for me too, ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador, so I pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Where Paul said, and pray for me too, he was not referring to himself. That means you, you the listener, should be praying for the Lord to give you always the right words to say at the right time and be asking the Lord to give unto you to stand boldly for him, to speak boldly for him for the sake of those he desires to save, especially in the season of cancel culture and persecution. That is exactly what that woman in Finland did when she went before the court and was persecuted. And... In verse 20, Paul says, I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. And so what that part of the verse is saying is essentially the same thing in 2 Timothy 2, verse 9, where the word will never be chained, even if we are stifled or locked down for doing so. And he further goes on to command just what I told you a moment ago, where Paul says, so pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him, him being the Lord, as I should. Note it says, as I should. What the word is really saying is, as we should, his followers. Paul is meaning us, the true followers of Christ, in regards to reaching out to those the Lord desires to save. Now that was from the New Living Translation, so how is it read in the King James Version? Well, the difference is just the word utterance. That you pray to have the right words at the right time to speak. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly, to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Always pray on these two verses, because it very much so applies to all of us who walk in the faith, who speak the truth, and know who we serve. Pray that you stand bold for Jesus and do not compromise, especially in this season, because as I have made an example of in this entire podcast That time is upon us. I wanted to share a dream with you all that I had a while back in December of 2020, to be exact, because I find it fitting to what I'm talking about today. And the title of that dream was You Aren't Supposed to Have That. And this dream is up under my blog under the Dreams tab if um, you'd like to go read it. But at the time, I had a sense of what it meant, but now it's clear as day exactly what it was about. I appeared to be in a house somewhere in a different geographic location, and there were trees and fertile lawns, and everything was well landscaped. I heard a noise and looked out the window, and I saw this object or aircraft. Perhaps it was a drone, but I wasn't sure. And it was all black and shiny, like something I'd never seen before. And it was going in between the houses as it flew by. And as it was, I ran to another window to see what it was doing. And as I looked out a window... On the opposite side of the house, I saw this man, or this quote-unquote thing, jumping around on the eaves of the house next door, trying to look in the windows. And when it got done with one, it moved on to the other. This thing appeared human, but did not move around by normal means. It was able to move very rapidly and jump around, adhesing itself to the outside of the home when it moved around. And I remember getting this very uneasy feeling As I was wondering what it was doing. And I felt that whatever it was, was moving from house to house almost as if it were looking for someone or something. And I remember hiding behind a drape attached to the window, and I recall looking out from where I was hiding. Seeing that this man or this thing had somehow gotten into the house and was in the living room or the office of the house was looking through a bookshelf, frantically appearing frustrated, like it was not able to find what it was looking for. And it stopped and pulled a book off the shelf. And in my spirit, I feel that this book was actually the Bible. And I came out from behind the drape and I confronted it. And in a demanding tone, I said, who are you and what are you doing here? And this thing or person said, just making sure you don't have anything you're not supposed to. And they spoke it in a very calm but condescending tone if that makes sense. And I stood my ground and I told it, you have no business here. In the name of Jesus, I command you to leave. This thing instantly became agitated and began to approach me. And I repeated again, in the name of Jesus, I command you out of here. And I thought it was going to strike me, but it disappeared right before my eyes. And that was the end of the dream. Now, in closing, take that dream for what you will, but in what we are currently seeing right now, laws being passed that are increasing censorship and persecuting those not going along with this evil agenda we're seeing playing up before our eyes, the media doing it, you know, this is all part of the Antichrist spirit, like I said at the beginning of the show. I think this thing, or it, was evil. And it had an assignment. It certainly was not good in any way, much less a person. You know, isn't it interesting, after hearing the articles about fascist book an evil tube, and the preacher in Finland, how fitting this is for the times we are finding ourselves. Ladies and gentlemen, we can only do one thing, and I'll repeat as I have before, and that is to stand strong in our faith and keep our focus on Jesus, and be praying that we are bold for him as the storm clouds are upon us. You know, the evil ones are moving forward with their agenda, and so as Christians, should we not be moving forward with the good news of Jesus and serving his agenda? The Lord said, If you love me, feed my sheep. This was his last command. And that is what we all should be doing speaking boldly for the Lord and proclaiming his gospel and his truth. Choose wisely who you serve. And to quote Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 through 15 so fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? And folks, that's the idols. You know, that could be normal. It could be any cause that you put before the Lord. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my prayer that this episode of the Innocence Redeemed podcast has been a blessing to you. Be wise. Be vigilant. Pray for wisdom and pray for strength. Stand strong. Keep your eyes and heart set on Jesus. May our Lord Jesus bless you, and may you all have a great week. And until next time, take care of yourselves out there.